Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to cover the Tuesday, December 5th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, how was your weekend and uh, how was your Monday going to this point? Wow, weekend was pretty good. I, I didn't lose money on football. That's a big change. Um, yeah, I don't know. The betting wasn't anything crazy. I went to the St. Bonaventure Bonnie's game. I watched basketball and I was like, this is... Not as good as hockey, but always fun to watch my alma mater. Um, how was your weekend? Uh, surprisingly pretty good. Turns out all I need to win consecutive daily fantasy slates of hockey is to go out and touch some grass. Um, so what was basically not watching any hockey on Saturday. Yep, won both, uh, well, finished second in the, the early slate in the main GPP. So like won all the smaller stuff and uh, had a good Saturday night as well. Finished fifth in the $400 out of like 111. So a uh, pretty, pretty good weekend. Sunday was also decent, uh, not football, but made it back and some in hockey. So uh, you could say this fish is on a bit of a heater right now, which uh, I don't, I literally don't think I've put together consecutive winning days in hockey to this point, which, uh, you know, feels, feels pretty good. Not going to lie. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, but that that's great. I mean, it's, Honestly, it's kind of one of those things where I've, I've also kind of scaled back a little bit on hockey as of late. And like, I just have been like more focused on the betting anyways, but I got just like, you know what? I think I have the football this week and I went even harder than normal and it worked. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's just having some confidence. Maybe it's playing the best plays, but who's to say, all I know is I'm getting back into it on Tuesday for sure. Are you ready for me to go through the slate incredibly quickly? Sure, I uh, double stacked and game stacked Justin Herbert. So uh, don't don't come to uh, you know don't come to me for football advice. That's for damn sure. I, I'm not going to say anything about my football lineup just because I can <laughs> feel people right now being like DJ. If you start talking about your dumb lineup that you don't even care about, okay. So we have eight hockey games. Much better sport Tuesday night. The first one on the DraftKings docket is the LA Kings at the Columbus Blue Jackets. It is a minus two eighteen road favorite blue or Kings going to Columbus to take on the plus 180 blue jackets. Um, both of these teams played on Sunday, so not a lot of news on Monday. So keep an eye on Tuesday game two, San Jose sharks at the New York Islanders. A lot of news here. First off sharks have been kind of sneaky good on their East coast trip. You know, they beat the doubles. They played the Rangers pretty tight in a 65 loss. The Islanders have injuries, a lot of day to days Dobson, um, uh, Nelson are, are two of the main ones. So keep an eye on stuff. We'll talk about it. The Detroit Red Wings are going to Buffalo where they will inevitably win. At, oh, by the way, the Islanders are massive home favorites. I didn't really need to say that, but minus 285. <laughs> I guess I'll just bring it back really quick. I, I assumed everyone probably just knew, but the Sabres are home underdogs as they should be. Plus 105 against the Detroit Red Wings, minus 125. Sabres can't win. The Red Wings luck into every win possible. It's a lot of fun. The next. Special Predators are huge road favorites in Chicago, minus 180, plus 150 Chicago. Chicago is deploying Bavillier as expected now that his work visa is all good. Um, top line, top power play, and we'll get to it. Anaheim Ducks, plus 250, heading into Colorado, minus 310. Big numbers for those people that like numbers. Maze McTavish, day-to-day, will travel. Don't know if he's going to play. I'm guessing no, but we don't know. He didn't practice. And I actually think it's two. been confirmed he's not traveling. I th- I just retweeted it exactly word for word, whatever it was. So check the Morning Skate Pod account, Matt, if okay. you want to as well. We'll get to the game. I thought they said he was tra- – maybe it's not this game, but he would travel with the team. Maybe they can – yeah, look at it. I, I retweeted it. I don't know. The Minnesota Wild, unstoppable all of a sudden. They fired their coach, and the new coach was told, don't allow as many goals as are scored against you, and he did it. Um, is going to the Calgary Flames, where they also are playing better. And it's a pick em. It's a minus 110, minus 110 pick em in Calgary. I find that to be one of the more, while well, boring, probably games of the night. Like, that's one I kind of want to watch anyways, just because I do find that matchup to be intriguing. Um, and then finally, another very close to pick em, we have the Hughes Brother Bowl. The New Jersey Devils at the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks are small favorites at minus 118, and it's a minus 102 for your New Jersey Devils. The highest total on the slate at a seven over under, plus 105. Everything else is a six or six and a half. And that's your eight-game preview sponsored by me. 
Matt, any okay. other sponsors you want to talk about? Thank you. Thank you, DJ. Uh, check the tweet that I just liked for the uh, Mason McTavish confirmation. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is a good time to drop that the Morningscape podcast is now part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, it's, uh, I mean, there's tons of podcasts on there. Uh, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Uh, if you scroll all the way down, you'll see our little logo uh, on the bottom right where they'll just the latest uh, edition. But if you're into basically any facet of hockey beyond the daily fantasy scene, I'm sure there's a podcast there for you. Um, so, you know, uh, be sure to check that out. But also that means that uh, your, your friendly co or your friendly host here uh, potentially might get a little something from our good friends at DraftKings. So, uh, you know, this whole podcast is kind of a sponsorship for DraftKings, but here's what I got for you. Um, if you are finding us, maybe you're someone on the Hockey Podcast Network just checking us out, um, and you haven't signed up via one of their podcasts, I guess, uh, make sure you download the DraftKings app and use code THPN when you download it. And when you sign up, new customers can get up to 150 bucks instantly in, in bonus bets just for betting $5. Code THPN on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. And here's some other stuff for you. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.net. There we go. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible game gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League, copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. So there we go. Uh, thank you to DraftKings for officially sponsoring this show. Um Obviously, almost everyone who is tuning into this show uh, is a longtime uh, DraftKings user. So, you know, appreciate you uh, checking us out and appreciate you uh, allowing us to do that little ad read for you. Um, be sure to uh, give our friends at DraftKings some of your rake today by joining. How about the $123 Fantasy Hockey World Championship Qualifier number 14? Uh, it has been announced that the live final is in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, so that, that's pretty cool. It's another Sunday slate, which kind of sucks, but, um, you know, uh, I will be pushing my chips in to try and continue to see her into Tuesday. So DJ, how are we going to do that? Should we start in LA and Columbus? Yeah, I think it's a decent spot to start regardless of if it's the first game up in order. Um, once again, it, you pull up, you know, if, especially if you're thinking, well, I, I, you mentioned all those games. I kind of like LA anyways. It seems like that would be a good one. They're not really priced very high. Uh, Adrian Kempe at 7,500 is definitely getting up there, but everything else is really affordable. So I'm not trying to say this is going to be ultra chalky, but we'll get to all the spots, obviously. But LA is is doable in every respect. You know, Quinton Byfield is still 4,400. It kind of feels like a value no matter what. Um, and he has just been absolutely scorching hot, at least in the last game. He had the two goals. So I guess, you know, in that game, he looked really good. But yeah, uh, LA probably going to have the same lineup as normal. They just won in Colorado. Uh, I guess I have to shout out Trevor Moore for that filthy goal too. Um, not sure if you saw it, Matt, but that was absolutely awesome. Uh, yes. what, what do you think about this LA side? Like, is it just the offense runs through Kempe? So if you're trying to win a, a cheap EP, I'd probably go that route. Yeah, it's been tough. Uh, I mean, honestly, it kind of feels like the offense runs through Quentin Byfield these days. Um, which is kind of hard to believe just given uh honestly given the run that Kempe was on to begin the season he's definitely cooled down a bit I mean you look at like some of the underlying expected fantasy point stuff and he's uh certainly at a lower number than he was um than he has been in weeks past um guys like Kevin Fiala straight up past him Quentin Byfield is nipping on his heels. Um, so like he still has six shot attempts per game. Kempe's a perfectly fine play. Um, but honestly, I don't think I could build a Kings lineup without Quentin Byfield at this point. Uh, he just 
I mean, he's awesome. He's been playing excellent hockey uh, against Colorado. He finally got rewarded for that by hitting 27 on DraftKings. But really, I mean, you look at his game logs and he's spiked up double digits several times and double digits at 4,400 is perfectly fine. So like, uh, is it crazy for me to say Quentin Byfield is the, uh, you know, the linchpin of this LA attack? Or uh, is, is that just sort of the new reality we live in? Um, is that the new reality we live in? You know, I guess the, the question I have about Byfield is like, how is it just all efficiency? I have, I, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Is like, am I? Well, I mean, he has back to back five shot games. And yeah. like, you know, you look at the last 10 and he's averaging four yeah. shot attempts per game. It's better than Kopitar. On that. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I, I do think if you're playing 10, I mean, I, I guess it's sort of like, okay, there's eight games. Um, like what percentage of lineups that play Kempe are going to play by field? Does that factor in at all to the decision making? Um, be, because I feel like it should be a hundred percent. Do you think every like the most sharp people, especially in those contests where you're talking like the 129 and stuff, are just like obviously going to put well, that together? So no, I mean, it's not going to be a hundred percent because yeah. optimizers exist and I'm sure they're going to be a bit slower to the punch on Byfield than others. And, I mean, we look around the slate, we see the Islanders as massive, massive home favorites. Um, if we assume Barzell plays, which, you know, uh, seems like you'll be fine. Um, you know, that that's one thing. Dobson, Nelson, like there could be mega value if either of those guys miss as well with the top power play and whatnot. So like you're talking, uh, you know, Kempe's going to be somewhat accessible with that in mind. But you look across, Nashville's got Chicago. I mean, Yossi, Forsberg, they're always going to be popular yeah. in this spot. And then we have Colorado at home um, with NJ or New Jersey and uh, Vancouver as sort of like that late night uh, go wild sort of hammer with the Hughes brothers and all that going on. So it, there are a lot of ways to spend up on this slate. Um, Byfield's an obvious way to access it. I don't know that that necessarily means that Kempe gets jammed in. Um, I, I, you know, I certainly could be wrong, um, but I don't think it's going to be as like, oh, you're getting leverage by like just playing Kempe. Like, I don't think any like any, I don't, nothing like that really exists in my mind. And quite frankly, you're probably just out, uh, outclassing yourself because LA is going to be on the road. Um, they're not going to have as high a team total, I think, as either the Islanders, Colorado, or Nashville for that matter. So like you're really not looking at a ton and ton of ownership. I don't think on Adrian Kempe in particular. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, so I, what, what I mean by that, right you don't need to be perfect with Kempe. If he's the guy you need, Byfield's almost certainly doing enough the way he's playing to, to be in contention to win the slate. Like you don't need the absolute perfect lineup against a field of 3000 people at most in like the $15 yes okay yeah i think that's a good way to put it um i agree i would probably definitely i mean not even probably i would 100 percent agree that like byfield is just easier to jam than kopitar at the same pricing what about the drew dowdy of it all any interest there or any interest in like actually just going with a byfield fiala kempi type of situation where you're kind of like going all in on power play one slash trying to capture most of the offensive upside um Generally speaking, not interested in Drew Doughty or any LA defenseman. I have a suspicion Jordan Spence gets played a little bit um, at mm -hmm. 2,800 in his power play two job. Um, just, just not that interested. Uh, but I do think power play overstacking is is per perfectly in order with Kevin Fiala. Um, you know, he's probably my guess is Fiala is more owned than Adrian Kempe. Um, you know, maybe that's incorrect because Trevor Moore and Deneau have been priced up a little bit uh, more significantly so given the run of form he's on. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't think playing like LA3 is going to be all that different than playing LA1. And honestly, I just prefer Kopitar can't be uh, by field straight up. Um, yeah, yeah. I agree so with that. that that's sure. what I'll be sticking to. Uh, but, you know yeah. my answer on the Columbus side. I'm not yep. interested. I think this team sucks. Uh, I know the prices are getting slightly better on guys like Patrick Line and you know Johnny Gaudreau remains sub 5K, but like I really don't think they can hurt me. Um, so I'm just going to continue to fade them. Um, so that that is my take there. But anything that I, you're yeah. interested in, the the pricing is at least interesting. I, I mean, I, every time I pull up Columbus, I feel like I get this second thought of like, wait a minute. But 
I find it really difficult to build a lineup I think could win a GPP that includes any Columbus, let alone 6,800 Boone Jenner when there's just so many better options all the across the slate similarly priced so i'm out but i definitely get why you give it up give it a glance like i talk about Brinsky quite a bit like i think he's the only one that like you said oh no one can hurt me like he's the guy that could hurt you that's the guy that breaks the slate if if anyone but i'm not not on this one so i can move over okay all right uh so yeah let's go to the rangers at ottawa um i i mean artemi panarin coming off of a a four-point night going against an Ottawa team that really seems to be hitting the skids. I mean, they they lost to freaking Columbus. That tells you how bad things are. Um, they did shut out Seattle, but, you know, uh, you look at Seattle's record, and that's actually not that impressive. Uh, Seattle really stinks. Um, so that's – and we mentioned four other teams off the top that are probably going to have more ownership than the Rangers. So tell me your thoughts on 8,500 Artemi Panarin. Uh, can he keep up his magnificent form that he's shown so far this season? I mean, yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, there there are times where we have to admit when we were wrong, and I never thought Panarin would be as good as he's been, but he really has been this good. Like, I just had to say it. Um, I thought the Rangers were going to continue the Zabinijed, Panarin, Lafreniere situation. They went back to Trocek, Panarin, Lafreniere. Trocek ended up seeing 24 minutes against the Sharks which is interesting. Like basically Lafreniere and Trocek got as much five on five run as possible. Plus Trocek got the power play. So basically 6,200 Trocek, I'm totally fine with playing. Um, Is Lafreniere getting a bit expensive without the power play one role for you? Or is this recent shooting, positive shooting regression, I should add, something you're actually thinking might be the real deal and maybe we should jump on it now? Um. It's it's in play, but I think if you're playing Lafreniere, you almost kind of want to bet on the second power play hitting, as strange as that sounds. Um, I, I like, because, you know, you're looking at the Truba, Keandre Miller pairing, and they've just both been so good that uh, I really sort of struggle to see Lafreniere better. Like, I don't think you're playing both Lafreniere and Byfield um, as you know, as, as nice as that sounds, given their draft status in 2020. But um, I don't think there's enough roster spots for both to really make sense in a lineup. And like, I just straight up prefer Byfield over Lafreniere. Uh, we've obviously seen Panarin go absolutely insano mode uh, without doing a ton at five on five. Like he's shooting, sure. But like, you know, three power play points is very much in the cards for Mr. Panarin. And I don't think paying 5K for Lafreniere is all that necessary. Um, so, you know, with... With Miller's run of form, uh, 18 shots, 13 blocks over his last 10 games, has three goals in that stretch, which obviously makes him stand out, uh, three in the last five games. Um, that That's sort of like the thing that I'm looking at. Uh, actually, crap, I forgot Gustafson exists. Uh, what is their power play looking like these days? Which one? It, it, never mind. Uh, just scratch whatever I said about Miller and Truba. Um, maybe I didn't even yeah, mention Truba yet. Those guys are playing uh, a lot with the Panarin line, so like they've really stood out to me watching the games. Um, the one guy that I did want to mention on the Rangers was Johnny Brzezinski, 3,300. Um, only played 11 minutes this weekend in each game, but, I mean, he was everywhere on the ice, um, so... Maybe this is a wait and see spot, but if he's going to be playing alongside Kreider and Zabinijad, uh, maybe we just play Johnny Brzezinski before we see it because he could very quickly be in the Lafreniere 4,800 range. Um, and he certainly looked like he had it skating next to Zabinijad and Kreider, though maybe you would argue it's just he had it because he's not Blake Wheeler, which, you know, I, I would. Yeah, I mean, you've said it. You've said it all. Yeah, he literally in two games has eclipsed uh two-thirds of Blake Wheeler's points in the two games. He got moved up for 12, 22 total minutes, and that's all he needed to get to uh, four points comparatively to Blake Wheeler's sixth. So I just wanted to, I guess, put the raw numbers out there too because two-thirds almost sounds like I'm, well, maybe Blake Wheeler's, no. Uh, they they made the right decision. They finally have exiled Blake Wheeler to the Shadow Realm where he belongs. Yeah, so, um, you know, part of the Trocek minutes is that Brodzinski just did not play like a top line forward. He only played 11 minutes. Um, but 
again, I think that could change. They were giving Brzezinski power play to run. Um, basically, uh, their idiot coaches, uh, Laviolette was saying that like that is intentional because they wanted what he brings to the table, which is like a shot first mentality, blah, blah, blah. So like this seems very real. If you're telling me Brzezinski on, on the top line is not going to, to be all that popular, I think he honestly could be even be a one-off consideration. Um, you know, I, I just, I think he's a decent player um, and obviously in a very, very good spot with some secondary power play time. So that's my Rangers take. I, I like the Rangers second line. I like Brzezinski, you know, all of it's fine. Uh, any interest in Ottawa here? Because uh, boy, let me tell you, um, if if you're sad about the Sabres, uh, I've, I've got some Ottawa fans that I'm sure will share in your misery here. Yeah, no, we're all in this together as uh as Jeff Skinner might might like to play if he ever scored a goal. Um that's the wrong song. It's breaking free, right? Yeah, okay. One of those yeah. songs from that movie. Um the point I make on Ottawa is they're playing the Rangers and they're not cheap enough for me to want to actually click on the buttons that put in Stutzel or Brady. Not even correlated, which I guess in some theory might help you convince yourself to do it. Uh just I don't know, it's a little bit easier. Um, Batherson is kind of like the, the Batherson Stutzel correlation and connection is something that kind of gets me excited because I think they're both very, very good at hockey and Batherson will shoot. And I know Stutzel can get in that situation, but I, it's just too expensive for me to really, really want to bite. Um, I keep an eye on lines. Really, Greg should be back. I don't know if anything's going to move around. I'm not sure how they're going to do it exactly. Uh, we're going to have to wait till Tuesday morning probably to see because they didn't run a full skate. A bunch of guys were on maintenance. So keep an eye on changes. As of now, I would say that like far down the line and not far enough to where if the ownership was like two or 3%, maybe then I'd consider it, but it'd have to be that level low ownership for me to get to like Stutzel Batherson. Um, again, it would have to be a complete leverage play over anything else okay um yeah i mean so i'm looking you know i'm looking at my little sheet that's in the morning skate pod discord uh, dm us on twitter at morning skate pod if you want in there um but you know just sort of summarizing matchups and recent trends and whatnot and you know i see ottawa in the middle of the list and like oh you know that makes perfect sense ottawa is a team that always has underlying you know under good expected goals numbers for and you know the rangers are pretty good against and i'm like wait a second the, the ottawa's in the middle of this list but it's because while their offense has been terrible, the Rangers have actually been getting, you know, giving it up over the last handful of games. And so I ran uh, the five game rolling chart and I posted that in the discord as well. And uh, the Rangers are really peaking as far as like, you know, they were pretty good defensively. Now the last, I don't know, 10, five, 10 games or so, they've sort of been giving it up uh, that culminated in giving up five to the Sharks. Um, so Fox is the problem you're saying? Well, I I'm joking. I don't know, but honestly, I mean, you think about it, they're moving Johnny Brzezinski into their top six. Like, um, yeah. you know, they, they give regular minutes to guys like uh, Braden Schneider and Zach Jones and Eric Gustafson. Like, you know, clearly they're not going to be the best defensive team in the world. Like, you know, if, if that's happening um, and, you know, they can outscore with all their talent, those problems. So I'm not saying that this is something that I'm really diving into but i'll at least take a peek into some power play stuff and see if there's any way i can sort of further the notion that like ottawa's maybe a decent bounce back candidate because i don't think Ottawa's going to be like expected goals wise one of the worst teams in the league like they have been over the last 10 and we're starting to see um well i mean i guess we're continuing to see reasonable prices on their star players so at home in a somewhat up-tempo game environment where we think the Rangers score, um, I'll at least consider, you know, especially the Batherson Stutzel stack you mentioned, but also mixing in Brady Kachuk, um, Jake Chikrin. Um, I don't think I'm in on Shabbat, like, you know, whatever. He came back and hit the shots bonus, but <laughs> fool me once, Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, um, I think I think you must much more eloquently describe exactly how I feel about this game. But I, again, I, I just... I circle back to the same, like the Stutzel Batherson is what I'm looking to get through. My problem with it is while it is cheaper than a stack that I'm much more interested in the, I'll just say it like, I, am I playing them over in Nashville? And like the problem with that is ownership, but we're going to get to Nashville. So we'll yep. get to it when we get to it. Right. I don't know how you can afford both. Um, and that's kind of my problem, but we have a couple of games in the middle here. So why don't we get to Detroit and Buffalo if you're ready? Yep. Uh, so 
the uh, so the Red Wings, uh, you mentioned it in your little run through, but Patrick Kane says he does not expect to play. I, it doesn't mean he's not playing, right? Like it just says he doesn't uh, expect to play. I guess, yeah. So that's theoretically, that's not ruled out. Um, but based on how they suited up, we're expecting uh, Lark. Well, one Larkin's going to be back in. Uh, he returned on Saturday. Um, you know, check out his Instagram or whatever. It's really, really. Uh, uh just disappointing for him and his uh for his for him and his wife um his situation he's uh been through but he seems to be back um but not playing with Alex Brinkett who seems to be suiting up next to JT Comfort and Joe Valeno so like you know some new lines Buffalo sucks like you know what do we do with it what do we do with the Sabres being bad um I mean I'm just gonna fade this game at this point okay did you pass it over to me or did you cut out? Yeah, no, that, that, that that's your answer. Um, I mean, I, the, the, the simple answer, the only way I don't fade this game is if they we get to tomorrow and it's just Larkin, Raymond, Debrinkit, five on five power play, then I might give it a second look. But this iteration, I'm not that. I, I mean, if you're playing JT Confer on this slate, just send me a head to head. I mean, I this guy is not it. And um, yeah, no, thank you. So, like, I'm going to. I'm going to probably just sit this game out entirely. Like Larkin at 8,200 is just a bit too expensive for me. But if you give me the full line, honestly, maybe give it a second chance. Please, somebody out there, send DJ a $20 head to head and just say, I promise I'll play JT Comfer. Play JT Comfer just so I can see the cash line AP puts out there. That that would be incredible. So please, somebody do that. If you $20, I will play it. $20. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Okay, so <laughs> can't wait. Um, yeah, I mean, um, so Detroit is rewarding Robbie Fabry uh, by moving him to the top line here. Uh, he is on an absolute scorcher, uh, 16 shots in his last 10 games, six of them being goals. Uh, yeah, that'll get you promoted to a top line uh, for a team that really kind of struggled to score. Um, but I, I generally agree with you. I'm not that interested in anything going on. Um, not in the top six, David Perron. So like, you know, nothing like that. And uh, somehow Daniel Sprong is playing even less time on ice than last year, which like, I don't know why you gave him a contract at all. Like, I mean, they paid him, yep. I think like two and a half million or something. Like they gave him actual money, not like fourth liner money. And they're just like, hey, you're actually going to play 10 minutes a night now. Um, so it's, it's pretty, pretty sad, but um, it is what it is, just not really in play at these pretty high prices. Um, most cider, interesting, you know, just keep him in your pool of defensemen. Uh, Jake Wallman is smashing, but clearly cider is the guy with both the floor and the power play uh, ceiling. So like, don't, don't hate that. Um, and then Goss is fair, whatever, only if you're stacking uh, Detroit. That's about that. Buffalo remains very cheap. Uh we don't have an actual update on Alex Tucker, right? No, I looked. Uh, they basically said that they would right. get back to us tomorrow. Um, I kind okay. of expect him to be out. Greenway as well. We don't have an actual update. Nothing for sure yet. Didn't play last yeah. game, so that doesn't bode super well. I think they had an off day today. Definitely could use a factory reset. Um, I don't think they played unbelievably poorly against Nashville. It seemed like the media was ready to just tear down the entire city of Buffalo after that game. And I, I could give him a bit of a pass. I mean, Juicy Saros really did stand on his head a bit. I thought Dylan Cousins played pretty great. Um, they didn't have a single power play, which kind of hurts us knowing who might be on the power play, especially if Tuck is out. But I could definitely see them going with like a Cousins, Paterka, Middlestead, Skinner, Dalian situation. And, and that's when you start getting real cheap and a really nice stack with Paterka and... um Cousins, uh, 4,100 is just real low for a guy that, I mean, how many shot attempts did he have? Like, I think it was like, I think it was 10, but let me look. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. My bad. Um, like, maybe he could be getting back to normal, and I'd rather get him when he's getting back to normal because last year this guy was electric, uh, and mm-hmm. that wasn't just because of Tage Thompson. You know what I mean? Like, this guy could kind of do it on his own, I thought. So we'll see. Um, I, that That's my, my only interest in this entire game is a cheap, potential power play one correlation between guys that I, I think are pretty good. Yeah. So without, um, uh, so without, uh, Huck, they did pull the goalie. So like, theoretically we have some idea of what they're looking to do. Um, 
And it does appear that, uh, you know, obviously Darlene and uh, Power was out there for most of that shift. You know, who knows if Power would, you know, he's probably the sixth guy, but maybe that would be like Victor Olofsson actually is on the power play one because Victor Olofsson has been playing power play before last game. Um, but otherwise, besides Darlene and Power on the ice, they had Cousins, Paterka, Skinner, and Middlestat, which, you know, is pretty much what, what you would expect. Um, I would not be surprised to see if Olofsson came in, but there's enough uh, ambiguity there to where, you know, none of that feels great. Like, obviously, Skinner's going to be on the top power play in Middlestat and Darlene, um, but the rest is kind of like, well, you know, probably it's Cousins and probably it's uh, Olofsson, but, like, we can't really be sure, especially... Uh, you know, because of the Paterka situation. All that to say, Dylan Cousins, if he's on the top power play, is probably fine. You know, the minutes will almost have to be there. Uh, without Tuck, you know, it's just another guy who defensively they, they won't have. Um, obviously, offensively, those minutes need to be filled. So it's a fine price tag. You can stack his line kind of cheap. So as long as it's not getting too much steam, I would be okay just kind of full stacking Dylan Cousins. But really, I wouldn't do much else besides that. Um, not overly interested in Jeff Skinner at this price tag, um, even though I am interested in generally. I just think on this slate, uh, especially compared to like the Islanders guys around the same price, that's where I'll be focusing my salary on um, at 5,800. So why don't we Anything move else? on over then? No, I'm Great. ready to move over. I think we covered that nicely. Yep. The New York Islanders are definitely a bit of a wait and see. Um, what so Barzell also day to day. I don't think I mentioned him. Pelic day to day. Sebastian Aho senior, if you will, day to day. Brock Nelson day to day. I mean, it is uh, and Dobson, Noah Dobson day to day. I mean, that is quite a list. So a lot of ambiguity, but general interest might be the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you should be interested in any team against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Anders Lee question mark. Uh, yeah, I mean. Jeez, you're you're talking to a guy who played Anders Lee against Carolina, so uh, yeah, I'm the sick I'm, boy. I mean, he's thirty two hundred. Like, this is a guy who historically has very good rates. He, I mean, yeah, I don't know what more you could ask for um, from him, which you know is unfortunate because he's obviously going to be somewhat popular. But honestly, he doesn't have that crazy good of game logs to where I could actually see him coming in, you know, below the the uh, ownership of. Brock Nelson and Matt Barzell, you know, assuming everyone plays, if, if people don't play then and Lee gets on the top power play, like sure. He's going to be, you know, jammed in everywhere. Um, but if he's first line, second power play, you know, like he hasn't been that popular, the matchup's going to inflate that a bit, but I think the matchup's going to inflate the ownership of the Nelson Horvat Barzell stuff just more because their raw projection will be so high in this spot. Um, so yeah, I'm making it a priority to fit in Andres Lee. I'm probably just jamming in Barzell and Horvat with it. Um, maybe even jamming in Noah Dobson. Like, there's really no reason not to. The salaries are nice. Um, I, I, I'm not that worried about ownership. Like, it's going to be popular, but I think I can build good lineups anyway. Um, and, you know, I'll keep tabs on it. So this is really a wait and see, though, because there's going to be so much news. Uh, with just all these guys. So hoping everyone plays, hoping it's just status quo. Um, but yeah, that, that is what I'm doing with the Islanders. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, I mean, defensively, if Dobson is in, let's just assume he is, is there another guy you have any interest in? I mean, there is a top, you know, role in theory on their defense. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, really, I feel like you could kind of convince yourself on a few guys like Bull Duke might have the best profile in dfs but if there is a noah dobson in the mix he's not going to see much no could yeah, someone no. else like i mean you think like a pulak goes up to the top power play over a mike riley or i mean any thoughts before we move on to uh, san jose i think mike riley would be the only I, I mean mike riley would be the only play uh if dobson were to miss i'm almost certain he would get top power play billing just the way that he's been talked about the way he's been used uh, lambert has familiarity with him and, you know, pinpointed his power play uh, as the reason for his being on the team. So 2,600, that would be fine. But that's literally only if Dobson misses. Yes. Otherwise, like Polak, Mayfield, Romanov are all going to be somewhat popular. And this just feels like the worst spot to play one of those guys. Because it's like, do they yeah. really have the upside to get six blocks against San Jose? Like, 
I don't know. I don't think San Jose has the puck that much uh, to, to warrant that. And I oddly think that just because the way projections work, they're going to be more popular than usual, whereas it should be in cases when they're playing the Vegases, you know, the, the the Carolinas. Like, you know, that's when you should be playing them when they have low totals, just because it's the blocks that you're looking for from these guys. And they, oh, I need to shoot from the point because we're losing or whatever. Like, it's just not going to happen here. So it really, for me, it's no adoption or nothing. Um, on defense for the Islanders. Okay. On the other side, San Jose did go 11 and seven last game. Uh, and, and that was with a bunch of forwards, really not seeing a ton of run. Like Giovanni Smith is going to get eight minutes for some reason. Mike Hoffman only had 10, but bank had 14, a little bit underwhelming for, uh, I guess, getting the guys that might score goals out there, but alas, other players like Barabanov, Eklid hurdle as a top line. I mean, that actually sounds like it could be an NHL top line. And it's not that expensive, but the rates aren't very good. It, again, the matchup doesn't feel unbelievably good. <laughs> it's, as I've also said, though, it's not the worst thing in the world. Line two with Granlin, Zutterlin, and Duclair, and they played really, really well together. Is there any interest on punting here when Buffalo 2 might be the much more popular route to take? Um, You know, Barabanov is interesting just in general. I honestly don't know if I would play his line mates though. Like, um, twenty six hundred. By the way, if you're, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and that—that's yeah. the only reason he's in play. It's you know he's you, we know he's going to get minutes. We know he's going to kill penalties. He's well, I guess we don't know he's going to kill penalties because he didn't last last time out. But you know, are they really going to use Zetterland on the PK over him for the long term? I don't think so. So like, he's going to play offensive minutes. He's going to you know just play, and so I like that. Um, I think that really hurts uh, the Mike Hoffman experiment, which was, uh, you know, fun for a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I'm not interested in Grandland. Just nothing about that is fun. But he's, um, but he's nuking the slates. Uh, he is nuking all the slates. Um, that that is that is very very warranted. I looked so, at the game logs and it looks pretty good. I yeah, it is inexplicable. I don't have anything for you if you think that he's a good hockey player, and like you know, can do stuff for DFS, then you might as well chase those points because I don't think many people are doing it alongside you um, in this spot. Yeah. Ryan Carpenter went to the IR as well. So uh, it could be a change here or there from the last game. So just we'll, we're keep an eye on it. If there's anything that's yep. noteworthy, um, the third liner, but like yeah, maybe Cunning, they move things around. Cunning's out from, yep. you know, uh, from the weekend, but like, yeah, there's lots of dudes missing Nico Sturm. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, real tough scenes and it's good for value if you're like anyone on the san jose side um i'm just, yeah. just not overly into anything on defense by the way before we move on um the tequila and addison stuff is really like just screaming at me um by the way when you say they went 11 and 7 that's because jacob mcdonald is oh yeah listed as yeah so so they ran pretty standard uh, which doesn't really matter because again they don't play giovanni smith and mike hoffman as their fourth liners so like you know they're essentially rolling three lines anyway um but yeah just just to make that point clear uh defense kaylin addison 3100 he's doing some stuff I, i mean you know i thought he would get more expensive and he hasn't so like but part of that's because he just has not been producing uh, but otherwise no i i don't really see a reason to take shots on any of these other idiots on the blue line for san jose perfect all right let's get to the final four we have nashville at chicago this one while i am really interested shouldn't take very long because there's really only so many uh guys you could even really look at so we start mm-hmm. with nashville I can't imagine going anywhere else besides the Forsberg, Nyquist, Yossi, uh, Ryan O'Reilly train. I, I think it could be somewhat popular, but it's really good. I, I, there's not much more to say. I mean, I got to watch it live and that line just dominates. It's just not much more to say. They are really good. Um, back-to-back uh, shot bonuses for Ryan O'Reilly might be a bit aggressive. Like that might not happen all too often, but I don't think he's unplayable at 5,900 in this game. You know, Gustav Nyquist, they don't want to price him up. He can't do anything. When he's shooting, it seems like he's not scoring, but when he's not score or shooting a ton, which again, I, I say a ton, like he's 4,200. What do you expect out of him? He's averaging more shots per game than maybe you think. At, what is it right now? Sorry, I had to close that because my laptop was being weird. Um, 
enough enough that you would say, huh, 4,200 for a guy playing with Forsberg, Ryan O'Reilly, and Yossi, that, that's enough shots for me. So yeah, it's moreover, it's the fact that he has five primary assists in his last 10, and, and there, he's yeah, been productive yeah, in that area all season long. Um, So like, you know, maybe the shots just never really come. But if you're saying three shots and an assist is like a, a projectable outcome for him, like in general, then factor in the matchup, factor in, you know, the, the obvious correlation to great plays in Yossi and Forsberg. And like, yeah, for me, it's if you're playing either of those guys, just play Nyquist with it because he's good enough. Um, you know, but it's not something where it's like, oh my God, like he's the guy that makes everything go. Um, but he's a very, very productive part of what makes his team go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and is there anything else on this Nashville team you want to get to? No, I've been I've been really uh playing some Colton Sissons, like just in general, but that's been mostly on smaller slates where I've been playing Nashville. So like, you know, that that's probably the reason. Um I think there's better mid-tier lower end centers than Sissons personally. Um the Chicago side, I think we can get to, unless you had anyone else. Um nope, Anthony nope, Bavillier. Nope, I didn't. Yeah. Yep. Uh so he was able to play in Canada. Uh, so do you know if he actually has his visa now? Have, have we seen any reporting on that? That is interesting, actually, because I thought nothing came out today. I thought it was good to go, though. But okay. maybe I'm no, wrong. He, uh, he was only able to play in Canada because he had a work visa as a member of the Canucks, but they played in yeah, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, and right couldn't. now, I'm not yeah. seeing anything confirming he's in tomorrow. Okay. So keep an eye on that. Um, you know, Lucas Reichel was scratched. <laughs> um, so like it, it's, you know, it, it's real tough scenes besides Connor Bedard here. Um, but like if Bavillier plays 3,300, he's going to be a guy that I strongly consider um, just because, you know, the Bedard Bavillier uh, thing is something I'm really excited to see in person. And I'd rather play it before it happens, um, which obviously it didn't really happen in Winnipeg. Uh, 16 minutes, two shots, no goals, but uh, for, for Bavillier, but they, you know, they, they lost three to one. So not much happened in general there. Yep, yep. I again just trying to scroll through everything. Still, yeah, we're gonna have to wait on but okay. on Bavillier, but yeah, he's an awesome play at 3300 because he's also when in the bigger role has always been a guy that's performed uh rates wise, etc. I think that he's a really good line mate to mix in with Kurashev and Bedard. So that's yep. interesting. And then there's nothing else interesting on Chicago. I mean, maybe Seth Jones. Do do we wanna yep. <sighs> I would say definitely Seth Jones is interesting. Yeah. Not just, you know, he may not, he may not, he may not be good, but like, he's certainly interesting playing a ton of minutes. Uh, looks like he's back uh, installed on that top power play unit. So um, you, you just can't argue with 4,700 for a guy who has uh, reasonable outcomes in his uh, range of outcomes that include a point, a shot bonus and a blocks bonus. Like he can do I, all of that. I was, you know, I was going to one night, one night he's going to score a goal and he's going to break the slate. I mean, it's yeah. going to happen. All like right. he just shoots too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I like that game a lot. Um, anything else before we go to Minnesota Calgary? No, no. I just okay. love the game. Everything you said. Yeah. I could even go with a little speaking bit of both sides. That would be fine. Of, speaking of games. I love uh, that is not this game. Uh, no, I want to uh, watch it though. You do. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like I kind of want to watch it for some reason. I don't know what it is. Like, there's just something about this game. It feels like anything could happen, but more than likely, it's going to be two to two and go to overtime. This this sounds like a cry for help, DJ. I hope you get the help you need. Um, like both of these teams, I feel like one of them is going to end up in the playoffs. Is that fair? I mean, that might be like one of these. This, teams- this is. This is not the time to have that conversation. I'm very ill-informed on what the current standings look like. And, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, maybe you're right, but I certainly don't have an opinion in that regard. Um, Okay. I don't know why. I just like, this game sounds like fun, but it's not fun. And I know it. I don't know what's wrong with me. You're right. It's a cry for help. Let's just, let's get into the game. Yeah. Thank you to uh, John Hines for playing Matt Boldy for 16 minutes against Chicago in a game that they had well in hand. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous at this point. Um, I, I just, 
there's really nothing we can do to make Matt Boldy play more, but like his price is going to fall. And I guarantee you projection systems pick up on it. Maybe not, maybe not tonight, but like, he's just a guy that I'm not playing until we see something from it because, you know, it seems like 13 minutes is like his medium projection, which is just awful um, for a player of his caliber. So like, just not interested there, not interested in Marco Rossi, not interested in paying up for Kaprizov. Like really nothing here is interesting to me. Um, maybe, Brock Faber uh, one-offs, um, you know, but like 3,300, and that's just because he got a, a, a schmeckle of power play time last game. Um, but Schmeckle. yeah, it, it's all kind of gross. Yes. Yeah. No, the whole game is okay. bad. That's okay. Okay. Well, I mean, what, what, would, what would I even do on the Calgary side? Just put them in and admit that I don't want to win money. I, you, I think yeah, I just... you, you throw your hands up and you say, I have no idea. We're not going to talk about Igor Sharangovich again. No. Uh, 21, 21, 22 minutes, his last three games. Uh, but the time we touted him, he had zero shots, zero points, zero blocks. Uh, thanks for showing up, Igor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not saying you can't go back to the well. I don't think I'm going to be doing it here, but there's worse yeah. plays on the slate. Um, Calgary is very cheap, especially compared to Minnesota, who is astronomically expensive, which I feel like we kind of didn't mention other than boldly who's not playing. So Minnesota, while like I could see how you get there, especially with the, you know, condensation of the minutes between Kaprizov and Zuccarello, et cetera. But I feel like they just don't want to be fun. And I don't really want to spend all my cap on that then, especially when there's much better spots. And then on the flame side, it's just a, it's a hodgepodge of, I don't know, just stuff I don't want to play. I don't, I really don't even know how to describe it. Okay. Um, Anaheim, Colorado, uh, there's been no further clarity on how long Kel McCarr uh, might miss. So that's uh, obviously a, a very big deal um, that the entire team runs through Kel McCarr, which, you know, uh, would obviously mean that the more he misses, the, the less viable Colorado is in general. Um, Devontae's stepped into that top power play role, uh, not, Bo Byram. Um, so even that's also pretty disappointing. Like I, I just, I don't really have a, a ton of Colorado unless we know Kel McCarr is playing. And uh, yeah. So any thoughts on Colorado um, assuming McCarr continues to sit out? Uh, yeah, they got, they got bodied against LA. I mean, I know it ended up being four to one on the scoreboard, but they were expected for a 1.6. Uh, I know LA is really good. So <laughs> A grain of salt, Yikes. maybe, but that's pretty freaking bad. That entire top line was, uh, I mean, just I, I, they they couldn't hit the net, which I was at the Sabres game, so I wasn't watching much of it. But it seemed like when they were at five on five, they had no generation of offense. And on the power play, they made a little something happen, which is all to say that I definitely think Devontae is in play if you're playing Colorado and the car is out. But I don't think he's one-offable, really. I think that's just being pretty fishy if you're just playing Devin Tays as, uh, oh, I'm going to, like, I, I don't even know what you would, I'd call that play other than yeah. fishy. Like, if, if you're stacking, sure. I mean, it's Anaheim. I get it. Like, maybe you think people get off of them because of the last game, but um, it's still really expensive. Yeah, just... There's no reduction in price. McKinnon is 9,600, the most expensive player on the entire slate, I believe. Unless it's Jack Hughes, no, nope, we've wanted to more than Jack Hughes. I just think I'm not going to do it personally, and I'm going to hope that ownership ends up coming in higher on Colorado just because if the car is out, Taves makes it affordable, and that might push people to try it against Anaheim, where I don't think this Anaheim team is just completely uh, putrid, maybe is the right word. Like they're losing games now, but I don't think that that makes them inherently like. A, a, exploitable in dfs every single night if they're not they're not the sharks maybe it's the way the easier way to say that so i'm probably fading this game altogether but i i could be maybe convinced yeah it's like a candor at anaheim yeah it's really a matter of what you value as far as like uh your underlying metrics because if you're looking at just goals then like both over the last 10 games colorado is scoring a ton and anaheim's giving up a metric ton um but you look under the hood at the underlyings and like they're just fine for each team obviously we know colorado is going to angle ton of their offense toward that top line but you're paying for it and like you're probably eating in the ownership for it and it's just not a spot that i'm really excited about um and then on the anaheim side i mean without mason mctavish like 
who are we even playing? Like we're not playing, we're not paying 5k for Leo Carlson. I, I will, I will promise you that we're just, we're just not doing it. Um, is egress just doesn't seem like he's back anytime soon. I, you know, no, no idea there. And everyone else just kind of sucks. Like Frankfurt Toronto on his own just doesn't like, you know, six and a hundred for a dude who can hit the shot bonus is, seems fine. But like, why? Like there's just so many other plays on this slate where I'm just not interested in anything going on here. So I'm completely out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I, that's likely the correct answer. I mean, their top power play, at least in the last game against Colorado, which I will also mention, they just played Colorado and they beat him in a shootout. Their top power play, I guess, not even minutes wise, but what should be was Leo Carlson, Troy Terry, Alex Kalorn, um, Min- Minchikov, right? That's how we're yep. saying it. Yep. yep. And a guy I've barely heard of, Drool. Dr- Dr- I, I have no idea how to say his name. Uh, Benoit Gruel is that Gruel? his name? He's Gruel, he's like a Gruel, Gruel, Gruel? yeah, yeah. He he's like a prospect. Um, he yeah, hasn't shown guy, anything. But... He yeah, hasn't, he hasn't shown shot. anything at the yeah. NHL level. So like, I'll, I'll I'll need to look further into him. But like, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm not going there. If you need a mid salary guy from this game, honestly, um, the Sam Malinsky play. You know, without Makar, if Makar plays, obviously don't play Malinsky. But uh, with no Makar, Malinsky stepped into 18 minutes. He played on the second power play unit, which like, you know, it doesn't really matter. But sometimes you just need a guy at 2,500 to fill out your lineup. And that's certainly what he is in this spot. Nothing more, nothing less. So what about, what about Byron, though? I mean, you think no. who's I thought he was going to be top power play. So like, I mean, he was very popular on Sunday mm-hmm. night. And I think that's because we just all blindly assumed it would be Byram rather than Taze on the top power play because Devontae's is just not dynamic at all. And Byram is. Yeah. Um, but you know, it didn't work. It could change, but that, yeah, until... that's kind of my point. Is like could like let, let's say let's say for example, I, I honestly maybe I'll just sum it up really, really easily here. If you're feeling pretty dead and you're playing Colorado, I probably would suggest making a change anyways, getting off of them. But definitely don't keep Taves in there and just eat way more ownership if you're like already drawing yeah. pretty dead going into that yeah. game, which is uh, uh, nine o'clock. So you might not really know for sure. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I feel like if yeah, like, right. of everything just, we've talked about, Nashville and Colorado are going to be popular. <laughs> yeah, let's be pop- yeah. yeah final, right. final game of the night. Yeah, uh, New Jersey, Vancouver, the Hughes Bowl. Um, any any other creative names for it, DJ? I don't know. No, the Hughes Bowl is correct. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um. And yeah, based on yeah, based on the underlyings, um, it's not a terrible spot. It's probably too expensive to be super popular. Um, like I mean, Luke or sorry, Jack Hughes is ninety five hundred. Quinn Hughes is seventy six hundred. Brock Besser seventy three. You know, Brad Toffoli are both north of seven k. Uh, Timo's back in the mix at fifty nine hundred. Uh, continues to uh, you know do things from a fantasy perspective. Um, but like all of these dudes take away from what you can play elsewhere on the slate. And there's other matchups with far inferior teams, you know, kind of matching up against better teams. So like, I do think this game comes in kind of low owned, which does interest me. Um, But really it's a comparison. I think between the Rangers and Ottawa for me is like the, Oh, this game kind of could go wild. So like, how does that happen? So, So how do you see this game unfolding? Anything stand out to you? Um, given the relatively high prices in the spot. I mean, my personal plan right now, I guess, from where I'm sitting is just play, literally just play Jack Hughes and no one else in this game. Um, I get how you stack him. It's pretty obvious that you could just play his brother, Luke, with him at power play one. But I'm almost thinking I just play Jack Hughes. I fade everyone else because it's too expensive and I stack elsewhere. And he's kind of like a one-off that uh, the offense runs entirely through him anyways. And is there an, an, an option here where like he brings someone along with him? Sure. But there's also the option of they scored twice on the power play. If he scores one of them, you know, like maybe they, they could spread the wealth because in reality, Jack Hughes played 27 minutes last game. No one played that much. So him, he sheer uh, to Foley, Brat are all going to see some connection to him. Where if the points don't align perfectly, none of those guys might get there. Other than the one concern is a guy like Nico Hishier is, you know, that price is intriguing enough, but I, I'm okay with just sitting it out. Again, just playing just Jack 
queues here and going elsewhere for the entire rest of the slate. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, I don't know if this is throwing water on it or not, but uh, kind of interesting since his return to lineup, uh, Jack Hughes has faced a uh, <laughs> a very interesting slate of teams. Uh, starting off with the Rangers, obviously they're pretty good, but he had eight shots, a goal, and an assist. Since then, he's played Detroit, Columbus, Buffalo, the Islanders, Philly, and San Jose. I mean, like, an absolute – also – all but Philly was at home uh, in that stretch. So like an absolute who's who of just like uh, bad defensive teams. Um, so like, I don't know if we see ownership at all on Jack Hughes, I'm kind of just not that interested because it's so expensive, but man, if not, it is really uh, appealing to uh, just play him over a guy like Nathan McKinnon and certainly would play him as a one-off over Nathan McKinnon, given uh, I think Jack Hughes might actually score a goal. Um, and you know, I don't know if we ever believe that about Nathan McKinnon, to be honest. All right. No. Uh, Vancouver, I mean, Brock Besser, I think he still leads the league in scoring, um, you know, 7,300 for that, uh, team without Dougie Hamilton defensively, they're clearly just playing dudes back there. Someone named, uh, well, I guess, I guess it's, these are four words, but someone named, uh, Samuel LeBerg played three minutes <laughs> like they're literally just you know npcs skating around on yeah, this they're not real devil's yeah, team. Yeah. um you know any interest in some vancouver action here or you just you know not doing it okay I, i'm not gonna do it i I, okay. I really i find it really hard to find it cool. to work because my my thing is is i just i can't I don't think I can play like a JT Miller or Besser and just not click on Quinn Hughes. And I just, I'm not going to end up clicking on Quinn Hughes. You know what I mean? And like, maybe yeah, that's no, almost that's... even more unique though, is just saying I'm not playing the Quinn Hughes part of this, but how integral he is in that offense is just a real thing. It's not, it, it, you don't get 34 points in 25 games on a whim. Like, but I yeah. don't really, I'm not worried about him killing me no matter what. Like, I know he could, but I'm not worried about it here. Like I, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That all makes sense. Like he needs to have three points to kill me. So like you have, have to stack with him. Like definitely, definitely mm-hmm. don't take my original thing where I said, play all three of them. Like, unless if you're stacking Vancouver, because he is not getting there yeah. on his own. But sure. also I don't think I want to spend all my cap on this team when I like almost similarly, if not actually freaking cheaper as Nashville. And yeah, yeah, that's just that, that opportunity cost and you're not getting both. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even have any real creative game or creative ways to stack around this. Like, uh, you know, looking at Mikheyev always sounds so fun. And then you see how many minutes he plays. And it's just like, this dude's clearly just riding a heater and like, yeah, he's good on like Andre Kuzmenko who just doesn't do anything. Um, but without the power play run, you just can't really, I, I just don't think you can buy in on Pedersen and Mikheyev for, you know, almost 12 K and say, okay, I need, you know, five on five to get there for Vancouver. And I need Mikheyev to get like an empty netter or something. Cause I, you know, I think that's ultimately what you need to make that line work um, and beat out the other options on this slate. So uh, it's relatively unappealing uh, to me personally, but all right, uh, let's do some top stack stacks. English mm-hmm. is difficult. Guarantee goals yeah. and get on out of here. Okay. You want to go first? Uh do you have something in mind? Because I certainly do not. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just going to stick with Forsberg. Nyquist, and I've said it quite a few times. I'm going to, I'm going to ride that right into the sunset. All right. Um, let's go. Uh, let's go. LA one Kopitar, Kempe and Byfield, um, you know, Byfield at 4,400, I think still stands out to me. It's the best sub 5k play. And uh, I don't think he'll be the most owned sub 5k player. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, we'll, we'll see what comes when the projections and stuff come out on Tuesday. All right. I mean, I, there's a lot of good defensemen on this slate, but the one that I think is, is the one that I just keep coming back to is Rasmus Dahlin with uh, Cousins and Baturka. I think that's uh, actually kind of interesting. And I sort of started that game by saying like, I'm not playing that game, but I really don't respect Detroit defensively that much. And man, if they actually do have a Vander Kane in, they're even worse defensively. So perfect. Um, Alex, well, Alex Lyon. You said a Vander Kane, all, but Patrick Kane's probably just as poor defensively. So it is what it is. Wait, did I say Vander Kane? 
You did. Oh, I meant Patrick. Yeah, I I, I was going to mention like I I wonder if people shy away because of how good the run has been for Alex Lyon. I mean, back to back games where he played Chicago and Minnesota, not teams I consider offensive juggernauts, and he made over thirty four and thirty seven saves, which makes me think, man, if that does break, <laughs> that well snaps, man, would that be nice? Uh, see Buffalo put up thirty five shots and score like three or four goals, man. Uh, yeah, hey, a boy can uh, dream. You know, just every every week, DJ goes, nah, "I'm done, I'm done," and then, uh, and, <laughs> then and then he just gets roped right back in. You know, uh, so all right. Um, to wrap things up, I will. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, okay, let's let's do Batherson Stutzla. Um, and. Do you know their? Is it Matthew it Joseph be, still? At yeah, it, it should be Joseph. But again, like I said, they didn't have a full practice. God, so. that hurts. Okay, yeah. I really want this to be Jake Chickering, but I'm not sure I can get my pea-sized brain to uh, come up with the, the situation in which that's better than Thomas Shabbat. So I'm I'm gonna hold my hat in my hand and uh, go back to the Thomas Shabbat. Um, you know, just just power play stack it, plug your nose. Maybe Chabot donkeys his way into five shots on goal, even though clearly they should not be allowing him to do that ever. Um, so Batherson, Stutzla, Chabot. Okay, I can definitely dig it. Um, do you want to go first on guarantee goals? Like which Islander do you do you want? Because I feel disingenuous by taking an Islander from you and not letting you take Anders Lee if that's what you want to do. Anders Lee, next question. Okay, so you can have Anders Lee. Perfect. It gives you more of middle my way to victory here. Um, uh, okay, wait. Yeah, you took you took them. You took the, the LA King situation. That makes sense. I'll middle my way with... Um, what about the Timo Mayer of it all? Is he, was he got power play one, though? I he was not. That. Yeah, but that, that, he's they, on they an absolute change, run of though. shooting. He's... I retweeted them. Let me just check. His price is actually oh. kind of intriguing. Okay. I mean, th- this is what sharp people do, DJ. They play guys like Timo Mayer before they, you know, become good again. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, so the lines were Halda Hughes to Foley, not Mercer, and not Timo. Timo was with Mercer and Holtz. That's yeah. frustrating. All right, I don't I don't like that. I just got excited, but it was like, wait a minute. Didn't they make a change? Not the change I wanted. Um, okay. How about I just take one of these here, New York Rangers? I mean, what if it's uh, I'll take I'll take Vinny Trocheck, sixty two hundred. I'll keep right in the middle. He's Panarin yeah, can still awesome. set up players. Yeah, yeah, and I think that 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 if you're playing Panarin, I I think you're playing Trocheck, and I think you're probably incorrect if you're not. Bold, yeah, no, bold, bold boy, um, I am. So I have uh seventy eight hundred left in salary, um. I don't even need all that money because, uh, well, well, let's just assume for for shits and gigs that uh, uh, Bavillier has his paperwork in order. Um, I'll probably reconsider this if not, but Bedard and Bavillier, I really like. So you can be Connor Bedard, guarantee goal, 6,900. There was, uh, you know, Dom's fancy model had the Calder race priced out. And, you know, he he wrote about it, of course, in saying that, yeah, this is probably Bedard's salute still. But it is very funny to see that the fancy stats just, disliking Connor Bedard because he plays on the Chicago Blackhawks and he has like uh I want to say he has 10 five on five goals now in 23 games playing for the Chicago Blackhawks like this dude is an absolute monster um so give me him at home against Nashville uh, I, I really like that with his new friend in Bavillier you know just to add some added bonus so Andersley Bavillier or sorry Andersley and Bedard DJ uh Trocek and I mean, there's two guys I want to pick here, and I think you had Byfield in your stack. Yep. And I had Cousins in my stack. So pick someone uh, else. You got I, this. It's, it's harder than I you. thought it would be. It feels like this range here is is uh, not fun. I mean, am I am I going to actually trust Adam Van Tilly to play minutes? No. I can't pick Nyquist, also in my stack. I, I, I've cut myself at the knees by taking all the guys in this range of my sacks, you see. And thus, yes. I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to dig deep. You can't just, can't just pick anybody, you see. You have to dig deep sometimes, get in the corners, jam, 
grind and end up going back to Igor Sharangovich. I really don't know who else to pick. I don't want to pick him. I mean, at least you picked somebody. So uh, thank you for wait, what, ending you know that soliloquy. Oh crap! No, Uh-oh. oh, it's a, it's the same. It's the same. Uh-oh. Oh All right. I'm 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 just gonna do cousins. Actually, I'm not doing Sharangovich. I'm just doing cousins. Don't tell anyone. I broke my rule. And you know where you can okay. bet these things if you're into betting, Matt. Any spots? Oh, on uh, on DraftKings. Um, you know, you probably have an account if you're listening to this, but you know, uh, I don't know. Before you uh, place your bet, type in THPN before you hit submit, and maybe they'll, you know, maybe it'll send you a message that we sent you to place that bet. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, a huge thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network and also to DraftKings, of course, for sponsoring the Morning Skate Pod. Um, looking forward to this being a fruitful endeavor. And, uh, of course, you know, if anyone has any questions or whatever, feel free to reach out. It's, uh, you know, but the, the Hockey Podcast Network has a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, I'll be solely checking it out as I have time through this hopefully not so busy month of December. Uh, DJ, anything else before we go? I, I lost you there for a second. What'd you say? Anything else before we go? Oh, um, yeah, just use that code. Like you said, uh, we need to collect some of the money we've donated to them right back. So uh, yeah, use it and then we'll get money back and then we'll fish it up in maybe even the cash game lobbies. Like I said, if you're playing 50 comfort, send me a $20 invite. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, All right. Thank you all for listening from Doug, from DJ, from myself. Have a good sleep, everybody. And we will see ya. 